Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Couch Politics. Uh, your host for today will be uh, myself and Justin. Um, the subject we're going to be covering today is the government shutdown. Um, this is just kind of a project we've started on the side, and it's labeled Couch Politics because we're not experts, but we have opinions. And uh, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Yeah, so we, we have the government shutdown. Uh, we are in how many days has it been so far? It's Bro, been... I think I've been seeing the Mr. Krabs meme like for the past two weeks. I think we're like in day day of government shutdown. I think we're like in the twenties. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in the twenties. Actually, tomorrow, I think like tomorrow will be day twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah, well, it's yeah three hours ago. Uh, it said it was day twenty seven. So tomorrow is twenty eight. 28 so that'll be uh, a month almost a month uh, almost a month yeah the the first thing i started thinking about um it made some headlines tsa workers haven't been getting their checks right yeah so they, yeah they haven't been getting their checks because part of the government that shut down um well the funding for them hasn't been hasn't been approved so a lot of them are, are not getting checks and that's affected travel um around the country Right, right. And see, someone, I know it's an oversimplification, but this one tweet I read, they were saying, it's like, well, you know, we're so worried about this, the wall, which people connect with um, <clears throat> with security, you know, um, and here we are not paying our TSA agents, which, you know, are directly in charge of that, <laughs> which, you know, whether you believe they're effective or not, you know, and it's like, like, should the government ever be shut down? You know what I mean? Right. And, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that there are uh, a lot of um, issues uh, with the government being shut down because, uh, you know, we have, you know, functions, things that need to be done, and they're not being done. I mean, not just TSA, but there's also the IRS. Right. Um, a lot of them aren't working. Uh, food stamps may be delayed. Um, I just heard on the radio today, uh, New York said if this lasts like much longer, that mil- millions of dollars of federal aid for for New York uh, could be could be lost. Wow. So there's there's a lot at stake uh, with this government shutdown. And and coming, uh, this isn't like a full government shutdown. This is just a partial one. Right. Um, so you know, like national parks aren't being cleaned. The uh, museums in D.C. are shut down. So this is affecting a lot of things and a lot of people, uh, most importantly, a lot of people out of work. Right. So, so right now I'm actually, I'm actually reading the, the wiki page on government shutdowns. What I find really interesting right. is you kind of, so you have, so there's, there's a list. Basically it starts at 1980 under Carter. So it's interesting. You have 1980 and there's a good period of back-to-back shutdowns with Reagan, which people absolutely love. Good pause. Then Herbert Walker Bush in 1990, Relative pause, and then again during the Clinton era. But it seems since Obama in 2013, like it's just a record amount. And this is actually the longest yeah. one we've ever had with um, President Trump. Right. This is the longest shutdown we, we've had so far. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it looks to be no end in sight because we, we are politicians can decide on a compromise. Uh, oh. uh, and not even just a compromise, it's not even because uh, some people are like, hey, let's just. Let's reopen the government and then discuss the border wall or border security. Sure. Um, and but that's not so far hasn't been 
accepted uh, by by many people in Washington. They want uh, the border security issue to be before the government is reopened. See, and what I find interesting about all this is, maybe I'm a skeptic, but I don't think they actually care for the people. I, I think they're too busy playing little games between each party. Be, be, because, I, listen, if the Dems really wanted something, they could have reached some kind of compromise or at least attempted some kind of compromise. Well, yeah, I, I think I think what, what's happened is both parties have drawn a line in the sand, right? They've went to their constituents and said, hey, this is a line that we're going to say, we're not going to give you money for the border wall, right? That's what the right. Democrats are saying. And then Republicans are saying, well, we're not going to reopen the government until we get money for the border wall. And if any one of them backs down, uh, they're going to have to explain to their constituents why they're backing down. See, what, what I think is so interesting is, you know, perhaps all this wouldn't matter as much if the reelection weren't coming up. You know, if, 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 right. if it wasn't time to run for office again, it probably wouldn't matter as much. And, you know, frankly, I don't think... Trump really cares that much by everything I've pieced together so far. I think he's a madman. I think he's a madman that knows what it takes to stay in power. I, I really don't think he actually believes in half of the stuff he does. Um, but when you look at it, I mean, unfortunately he's come to represent a lot of, I would say like overly conservative, I would even say tyrannical um, points of view, okay. you know, cause he, I mean, like look at it. His constituents are in the Midwest. And these aren't bad people, but they are people that are afraid of change. So when he tells them we're going to make America great again, we're going to get back the jobs, we're going to keep immigrants out. It's almost like they see their own utopia being created by this man. And they believe that he's their savior, you know? And, and you, you also look at some, um, he's even been like sponsored by some evangelicals which is absolutely right. insane because they believe he's the last pious man of God. <laughs> which, like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying like whoever else is running is more pious and it's not a matter of religion. But when you look right. at a guy like ethically, I mean, he's, he's shady. He's known to actually contract undocumented workers to work on, on his own properties. And, and he's just a big old hypocrite. And you also look at the fact that he was Democrat almost all his life and that he's actually friends with the Clintons. You're telling me he's really right. people. You really think he would have hung out with Reagan? Really? I don't think so. Mm. All right, and let's argue. Well, let's say that like Donald Trump does believe like everything like he's saying. Sure. All right. Say say that he he actually believes that you know um, uh, stopping immigrants from coming into in, into the country, uh, criminals and things like that. Um, is is the border wall uh, worth shutting the government down for? Um, I think you will have some um, people who say yes, and you're going to have some people who are going to say absolutely not. And, you know, a, a lot of people, um, uh, I think I think I read a, a poll today that says that a lot of people right now are kind of are shifting. It seems the country is kind of shifting because you uh, to blame Trump for this shutdown. Right. Um, because, you know, like. When 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 just before the, the shutdown was the, about to happen, yeah. he said, "Yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, shut down the government. I'm I'm fine with taking responsibility." Hey, what's for interesting it. is Pelosi is really involved in this as well. It's oh yeah yeah not a one sided issue. I mean, she's had good offers back to back to back, 
to let DACA recipients get some pathway to citizenship or some other extension or something for Christ's sake and give them some funding for the wall. And what I find interesting about it is, okay, first of all, I don't believe in the wall and I don't believe in it because humane reasons or something of that sort. I, I don't believe in it because it's not, say you actually wanted to keep immigrants out, it's not an effective way right. to do it. Most immigrants, yeah. most undocumented illegals, whatever you're going to call them, they overstay their visa. Yes, you do have people that cross over through land. Um, right. They're a smaller minority. I mean, like, it's really not all that. And it's like you're focusing so much on this border. It, okay, well, are you going to, like, build walls in the sky or something? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> so much more complicated. And instead of, I think, saying, we need to focus on us first, it's like, okay, we do need to focus on the country first, but I like how the issue of our all different branches or of government, all our military bases all over the world, that doesn't get addressed at all, right? Because if we really were to focus on ourselves, we'd take back all of that. Now, granted, I actually do believe in some level of foreign intervention because we do have to play world police. So, so I, I'm right. not saying we cut back on that, but I'm saying it's like this hypocritical thing where like you, you want to say it's all about us, but what you really want to say it almost like they want like America to be the supreme thing for whoever is already here. And anyone didn't, didn't get here before this deadline can screw off that. That's just the message I seem to get from the people that mm. blindly support this ideology of keeping the wall to make the country strong, you know? All right. And, and, and actually, uh, you know, you have people like border patrol and stuff saying that a lot of, for example, illegal drugs, because uh, Trump made the issue of that uh, in his um, when he spoke to the people on that special um, like him that special um, broadcast of him talking to the nation. Yeah. He talked about the amount of drugs coming in over the border, um, and that this wall that they if they built this wall it will help stop a lot of those drugs. And border patrols like actually a lot of drugs come in through port of entry, um, and one of the drugs he mentioned in his speech, um, phenantinil. Um, is actually most of that actually comes from China through the mail, um, not from Mexico. Wow. So, um, do we need border security? Yes, and I think most people will agree we need border security. I think it's a very small minority of people who are like open. We need open borders, which I think is well, ridiculous. We, we do need a um, sense of security. That that's what makes you. Yeah, hit. we need. Yeah, we definitely need security. And you know, Democrats have offered I think like one point two billion to look for you know solutions to you know border security. Um, is the wall the final answer to that? I don't think it's so. Not. But because he has been promised on the campaign, it's a it's something that he has to fulfill at this point. It doesn't matter anymore if the wall is effective. The wall right now is a symbol. Yeah, I, symbols I are more powerful than um, symbols are more powerful than truth. Right? Yeah, so, I definitely agree with that. No, and the wall needs him and. What's interesting you bring up about all the drugs coming in, It's I, I always find it interesting. They're like, the drugs are coming in. And I think, well, who's taking them? All right? <laughs> because right, right. you need yeah, this right. to keep this going. You buy it from the cartels. You, you, you buy it. And the thing is, like, and then you look at the heroin epidemic. And I mean, really, if you're going to blame any, for, anyone for that, it's Big Pharma. But we're not going to talk about Big Pharma, right? Right, the opioid epidemic. Right, right. It's always easy to take some underrepresented group and just put them out there like that that that's where the problem is coming from and you can see that throughout history i mean the scapegoat is like arguably it's like it's like birthdays you know (laughs) holidays and scapegoating like it's just every civilization loves doing something 
like we're looking at like traditions that are kept over and over the scapegoat right. kidding me man yeah the scapegoat is definitely a huge because i mean it's a lot easier because think about it problems are really complex of course um and people don't like complex problems the public doesn't like complex problems if you set the public down and said all right so here's the issue and then here are all the multiple factors you have to deal with. Yeah. The public doesn't really want to hear that. They want to hear, here's the problem, and here's a simple solution, right? Right. 9-11 attack happened. Let's go invade Afghanistan, right? Yeah. Uh, this yeah. happened. Yeah. Let's go do this. Right. Yeah. So we want simple solutions to problems. Uh, once you say, oh, well, it's more nuanced than that. We have this going on, this going on, this going on. Most of the public basically phases out. So you need a scapegoat. Politically speaking, a scapegoat is always easier to have because then you could just say, well, this group of people, whether that be a, right. a political party or a racial group or just a, a set of people with certain beliefs, you can be like, well, these people did that. And you've seen that all throughout history. These people are the cause for that. And it's like really easy because then the public has something to turn their... Exactly. Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. If we can rally exactly. against them, now we're all some great brotherhood. Right. And yeah, then we have sense. we have this common enemy, external or internal enemy that we can all focus on. And I can kind of, and if the person is really savvy, take that fury and redirect that someplace else. And... I think what we're seeing is we're seeing uh, Trump voters because a lot of people like to to um, characterize Trump voters very simplistically. They're racist. They're crazy. Sure. They're stupid. Nationalist. Yeah, and I don't think in this too simple. Those are just too simple labels to place on Trump voters. Sure, th- th- there are some that are probably race. There, there are some that are racist. There are some that are crazy. There are some stupid. I can find Democrats that are exactly like that too. Exactly. So yeah. So with the government shutdown, um, what do you what do you think should should be should happen with the government shutdown? So you're saying a solution or where they should continue from uh, after the government shutdown? Uh, I would say for, for solutions first, and then we can talk about what should we think should happen like after the shutdown. All right. So the wall is really the big thing that's being debated right now. Right. Right. So I really think I find um, that if you want to solve this issue, people need it's it's all about the constituents, right? So the, the public needs to be happy. And right. when you have a divided public, we got to go to one of the old tools, and that's compromise. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. When you look at the logistics of a project as monumental as the wall. It would take a lot of time. It would take a lot of funding. Okay. Um, I've looked at, like they've done the figures for it and it's something that would take years, years and years. All right. Right. So say even they pass a bill for what? 5 billion, 20 billion. I don't know what the amount is. Okay. Say they pass yeah. So I think, I think this was supposed to be five. The total, I think is going to be like $20 billion. Okay. All, but they wanted $5 billion for, for this bill. Or, right. Well, at least to, to open up the government again. Yeah. So, yeah, five billion. Give them the five billion. I say give it to them, because five billion doesn't mean the wall gets built. It means you take steps towards it. But if you look at a lot of like executive order type stuff, whoever comes in office later can just shut down the project. I mean, think about it. 
it took years and years and years to do something as dumb as Mount Rushmore. And I'm going to call it dumb because it doesn't do anything. It's just a tourist spot. Okay. <laughs> and that took a long time. If anyone at some point would have wanted to cut funding, they probably could have done it. And I mean, hey, I probably need to do some fact checking, but I know for a fact it took a long time. I know it took more than one administration. There's another similar monument that they're still trying to get done. That's going to be like, um, it's going to be a Native American man on a horse. It's going to be about the same mm-hmm. size. You know, like one part of it gets done every five years and it's going to be like 50 years or something like that until it gets done. It's, it's, it's I probably won't get to see it. Okay. Because those mm-hmm. things take so long. So if you give them their bill or even decide to go down to, you know, 10 billion or 15 billion. You know, make some kind of compromise. I think people are forgetting compromise. That's what government is about, right? So you do some compromise, right. and then the Democrats ask for whatever they want, all right? It, it's no one is ever – people have gotten so caught up in the war of ideologies, they forget mm. that you will never get exactly what you want. It, this is not that much different from making a good business decision. And I find it hilarious that Trump calls himself a deal maker. Because even though he isn't the ideal president, he understands the nature of compromise and getting a good deal. Right. So, and you want, and, and that's deal, the thing. It, yeah. No, no, go ahead, finish. But both sides need to give up something to gain something. That's just my opinion. Well, the thing is, it's like they, it looked like they had the deal at one point. It was like 1.2 billion, you get for, for your secure, border security, and then, you know, uh, you know, uh, you get the Democrats were going to get something out of that too. I forget exactly what it was, and you know Trump was for it. It looked like the, it would go through, um, and then um, I was reading some news articles like just before, like when all this was happening. It seemed that um, conservative talk radio, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Sean Hannity, um, big conservative influencers, um, basically began to make a big fuss about this that this compromise that trump was going to make was not enough right <laughs> you making this compromise on the wall is bad uh we want five billion why are we compromising for 1.2 and then that's when trump said you know you know what i'm not gonna it's all or nothing you're gonna give me the five billion for the wall or i'm gonna shut or the government is shut down and that's basically where we're at now and people have been trying to propose like certain compromises along the way but it's just that it doesn't seem like we can meet in the middle. Right. And the sad thing is, is, is that we're not meeting in the middle. And basically, like you have 800,000 workers that are, are not getting paid. And yeah. 8,000 workers. And that's more than eight. And that's more than 800,000 people affected. That's, um, that's if they have a, a wife or uh, they can have kids. Uh, they could be taking care of parents or other people in their family. So that could be close to one point, at least 1.6 million people affected. Directly affected by by, by this, at, at least, you know, adding in family and, and, and all that. And it could possibly be more. And yeah. so, in the course, those people aren't spending money. So if they're not spending money, they're not contributing to the economy. Right. So, and then they did pass a bill. At least the the government workers will be getting back pay. Contractors, however, will not be getting back pay. So that means you just lost a paycheck. You won't ever see that money, right? Ever yeah. you won't see that money because you you didn't work. You know you're a contractor, so you're not gonna see that work. And I've also read, and you know I'm 
going around Twitter and things that there are some people are actually saying they said they said that they shouldn't they shouldn't not get their back pay because they weren't working. So the TSA, uh, so people who were like furloughed, those people um, if they didn't show up to work that they should not get paid. And I I kind of disagree with that because um, it is not their they it was not their fault that the government shut down. Yeah, they're not in control um, of that. Yeah, they're yeah. basically being used as political pawns at this point. If this was like a like a like a company, maybe you can argue that sure these people shouldn't get paid, but these are people who work for the federal government. The government that's supposed to, and you know, in good faith, be always be open. We should always be finding solutions to keep of the government course. open. And what about post office workers? Are they getting paid? Yeah, post office workers are getting paid because most of their revenue comes from the mail. So all the, the, the all their funding comes from the the money that you spend on mailing packages. So, so Amazon they're, they're actually still So like people who send like Amazon, regular people who send stuff through the mail, that's where they get their money from. The people who are the parts of the government that are being affected, I know parts of Homeland Security are being affected, TSA, the IRS, um Actually, Trump, I think, changed, or at least they were they they're calling back some workers um, to come back to work. Some of those furlough workers, they're calling them back to work. Um, I think the the IRS was going to bring back at least half of their workforce oh, because you know tax season oh, is, is upon us. And not only is you know tax season upon us, it's a new tax rule this year because of the changes to tax you know to taxes last year. Yeah. So they have to deal with that when they come back. So it, it's it's a lot going on here. Um, who is the blame for this? I I put the blame on on both political parties. In my opinion, I think that um, it's unfair that these government workers are not being paid. I think it's unfair to the country that we have to sit through this. Um, especially people who are reliant on certain government assistance and they may, they may may not or may not be be there as long with this going on. And I also think it's unfair that uh, government, like these politicians who are in charge, um, and I'm talking about people in the White House, people in the Congress and Senate, or who are in, in Congress, in the House Representatives and Senate, yeah. are able to collect paychecks yeah. while parts of the government are shut down. See, I think that's completely unfair. That's what I've always found ludicrous is the men and women that are actually keeping the government afloat. Because I'm sorry, I know these people work for the government and they pass stuff. They're, they're researchers, okay? Like, like they're, they're not out there actually moving the infrastructure. They decide the infrastructure. They're not getting their hands dirty. So I right. think it's absolutely ridiculous that the people that actually keep the nation going aren't getting paid. And you get paid. That's like my boss getting paid for me doing work. Like I keep work. So it's, it's, it's kind of slave labor. I mean, really? Like you're getting – it's no wage, man. Right. And so I, I think that going forward, and I know none of them on on the on the uh, hill will have the the guts to do this. Um, they should put something in place where you know if we hit a government shutdown for any reason, whether it be partial or full, um, that we don't get paid either. And yeah. we'll see, and we'll see how many government shutdowns we have then. Because if they didn't get paid, I know they wouldn't stop working. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, so they, they would, they would do probably work just like hard to make sure that, you know, even if they did hit a shutdown, that was pretty short. We're going into almost 28 days of a government shutdown. This is ridiculous. Almost a month. Almost a month and we're in partial and the government is partially shut down. This is ridiculous. I mean, um, and, and 
at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter what the issue is. It, what matters is is that we've come to a point in this country where we can't compromise on anything without because we're too scared that we're going to lose face. Yep. And so nothing gets done because no one can compromise. Everyone's scared of losing face or you getting a little bit more power than what you had before. I think we're um, at a place where we're finding ourselves as a nation. Right. Um, yeah. So we've been around for, for 200 years. Uh, we're going to go through some changes. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we, uh, and so over time, the government is going to change where we're going from here. I don't know. But I think that if we really, really work hard at this, uh, that we can come to some sort of uh, agreement about where we're going forward. And, yeah, there, there are definitely differences between both sides of the, of the aisle and, and, and Washington um, that definitely delineate them and make them different. But we still need to find ways to move forward. We need more bipartisanship. I totally agree. And um, I think on that point, should probably call it quits for this episode and kind of stop there. Yep. About about the half yep. hour mark. We're good. I'd like to aim for somewhere in between half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, okay. Most of you that are listening to this are probably in direct contact with us. So any critiques, anything you enjoyed, love to hear it. Any suggestions for future episodes, more than welcome. Of course, you guys can look out for more episodes uh, coming soon. Uh, good to hear from you, as Sergio said. And thank you for listening. That's it for episode one of Couch Politics.